Hi, if you'd like to learn how to take the Camino home with you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Brendan Bolton and welcome to Project Camino, the podcast where I interview people from all over the world about their experiences on the Camino de Santiago pilgrimage walk in northern Spain. The podcast is about the walk itself, but most importantly, the lessons that are learnt by my guests when they're doing it and how they manage to take those lessons home with them when they get back to the reality of their everyday lives. So join me here on Project Camino and find out how our guests take the pilgrim life back home with them. A former executive accustomed to a comfortable and somewhat predictable lifestyle, Kurt Kunz thought he was prepared for his 500-mile hike on the historic Camino de Santiago pilgrimage route in Spain. He never considered writing a book until he walked the Camino in 2012. Those million steps were so compelling that he returned home and began writing and speaking about his life-changing adventures. His book, A Million Steps, embraces the beauty of the countryside and joyful connections to other pilgrims from all over the world. Part diary, part travelogue, A Million Steps is an inspirational journey within a journey, all the way to the Cathedral de Santiago de Compostela and beyond. Kurt currently lives on a tree-lined creek in Boise, Idaho, and travels the country speaking about adventure travel, addiction and recovery, as well as corporate motivation. So I'm here with Kurt Kuntz, who is author of A Million Steps, A Story of Life, Love and Addiction on and off the Camino. How are you, Kurt? Couldn't be better, Brennan. Uh, really excited to be here. Fantastic. I'm excited to have you. I can feel the energy coming down the line and I love it. It's, it's wonderful. I can, I can feel that Camino <laughs> energy coming through. So uh, as usual, I start the show with a statement about how I view the Camino and how this show relates to the pilgrimage. So Project Camino is about the 800 kilometer Camino de Santiago pilgrim walk across northern Spain, but it's about much more than that. It is a show about the lessons that are learnt on the Camino and how people take them home with them when they get back to the real world. To me, the Camino is a wonderful metaphor for life. You will have fellow travelers on the Camino with you, but your journey is your own to travel. You only learn the lessons it offers when you let go of any preconceived ideas and you realize that the Camino doesn't give you what you want, it gives you what you need. So Kurt, what is your take on that? My take is I'm in complete awe of every word you just spoke. It is so completely accurate, and uh, uh, it's just it's amazing. It, it really is. It's such a journey, such a metaphor for life. There, in, in somewhere in my book, I wrote about how you know there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end, just like your life. And when you start walking on that Camino, the, the end seems impossible. I mean, you're first of a million steps, you're first of, you know, 800 kilometers, you're first of 500 miles. Whoever thinks about the end, you know, what, what infant ever thinks of death? And it, it doesn't happen. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of halfway through it. And you're kind of like, wow, I, I may be able to do this. And before you know it, you're at the steps of the cathedral. And, uh, uh, I think it's a, it's just a perfect metaphor for life. Such a beautiful experience. In your book, you talk about on the Camino, you have a lot of time to think and also a lot of time not to think. 
And for you, that's when you went into an almost meditative state, and that was really, really powerful. Uh, can you explain for the benefit of our listeners what that meant for you? Oh, yeah. I, I would say one of the, 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 the best lessons I learned on the Camino was how to be in the moment. All my life, I keep reading all these books from Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra and all these spiritual people. They say, you have to be in the moment. And I say, well, I agree. But what is that? And I could never really grasp it. On the Camino, I think you are sucked into the moment. You don't know what the path is going to be like ahead of you. You don't know what the weather's going to be like. You don't know what you're going to eat. You don't know where you're going to sleep. You don't know who you're going to walk with. And in that type of environment, it can be a little bit overwhelming if you try to figure all those things out. But once you let go of all these things and you just accept that I'm probably going to have a good meal tonight, I bet I'm going to meet some good people and I'm sure I'll get a nice bed tonight. When you, when you accept those things and you don't dwell on them, you are able to appreciate the ground right below you. And that, to me, is exactly what being in the moment is. Not worrying about yesterday, not worrying about three minutes ago, not worrying about you know what's going to may happen in five years or two years or 20 minutes. Just be who you are, where you are at any given time. And uh, I hadn't really lived my life like that for uh, uh, for. For the majority of it, I was always thinking about, you know, what may happen or what did happen or this and that. And I just, when it happens now and I start to drift into those areas, which is very natural, I just literally give myself a mental slap in the head and say, stop and, and appreciate what's right here. And, and your breath is a very good way to bring you right back into that moment. On the Camino, many of those moments were outside of your comfort zone. And you talk about that, where that's where the real growth occurs. Everybody talks about being outside of your comfort zone, and it's an interesting sort of take on it. Well, instead of being outside your comfort zone, maybe try to expand your comfort zone so it actually gets bigger. It's the perfect place to do it. I mean, for for me and for like a lot of people, I had uh, I'd never been to Spain before. I had never done any long-distance walking at all. I'd never carried a pack. Um, I'm used to traveling and, you know, really staying in kind of luxurious hotels, and over there, you're sleeping in hostels with, uh, with, uh, with you know, a lot of people in a, in, a, in a group environment. And I think that when you put yourself in those situations where you're kind of on the edge of your comfort zone, just exactly like you said, your, your comfort zone expands. And conquering fear is powerful. Um, when, when you realize you can do something and you can survive something, then you're able to step a little further out onto the next ledge. And... I'm telling you, fear and happiness, they do not cohabitate. Um, they don't at all. Fear will always rule. I mean, try to, try to, try to smile and, and, uh, and, and think about something negative. The two just don't, don't, don't go together. So the further you can push fear out of your life, you, you create a whole lot of space for happiness. And I think everyone's goal is happiness. And unfortunately, a lot of people associate that with, you know, Mercedes Benz and, and Four Seasons Hotels and things like that. I associate happiness with, with devastating, getting rid of all fear, blowing it up, exploding it. And the Camino is the perfect place to do that. It's just beautiful. You talk about being born with an inner glow, Kurt, and I always associate that with uh, people having a song inside them. And I think one of the great tragedies in life is when anyone dies 
with their song still inside them. And what I believe, and especially with the people that I coach, it's fear that holds them back from that. So I'm interested in finding out how the Camino helped you overcome any fears that you had. Oh, it helped me in, in, in a huge way, Brendan. I mean, the, the fact that, that your body is capable of walking 500 miles uh, you know, how many people think they can do that when they wake up in the morning? Not very many. When you realize not only can you do it, but you can thrive doing it, uh, that's incredible. How about learning to communicate with people that don't speak your language? How about learning to sleep in a room full of, you know, strangers that are snoring? How about learning that in a rainstorm when your body may be cold and you're trudging up mud that you can survive and thrive in that environment? And I, I think that there's just so many things that you conquer along the way that it's kind of like kind of like taking a hammer to a row of nails and each nail representing some fear. You, just, you blast through all of them. And you, you kind of walk into Santiago, as far as I'm concerned, feeling like Superman. Uh, it's like, what can't you do now that you've done that? And, you know, you talked about that song, Dying Inside of You. I think the whole idea of, of your comfort zone, I mean, uh, 100% of caterpillars that stay in the cocoon too long, they die. <laughs> uh, you, you, you have to break out of that comfort zone. And uh, don't don't become the the don't become a caterpillar. Make sure your life turns into a butterfly, and that can only happen uh, by by doing things that, that that cause fear. And you know, you don't be crazy. Don't you know? You don't have to start by you know walking a high wire across you know the Empire State Building or something. Um, but start small and and start taking bigger steps. And and once you realize that, you know, the stuff that used to scare you a year ago or two days ago, um, it's just nothing. It's a tiny bump in the road. You talk about worry and coming from a family of, of warriors, and you found that the more you let go of things on the Camino, that the better things just happen magically to work out. And for the benefit of our listeners, can you please describe your worry list and what you did when you returned from the Camino? Oh, completely. Um you know, that, that whole idea of worry is so, it's just ridiculous. If you really think about it, most of the stuff that people worry about, it never happens. Uh, most of the stuff that keeps you awake at night, those things never happen. And once you realize how much time and energy you are putting into worrying about things, then you realize what a complete waste of time it is. So again, when that human emotion comes into my mind, I think the first thing to do is be aware that you are worrying. And most people aren't. You know, they just they're kind of daydreaming and they're thinking, oh, my God, what's going to happen? If, you know, if I don't pay my taxes, I'm going to get a big penalty. And if this doesn't happen and if I don't close that deal, I won't get a commission. And you, know, you just your, – your mind can play on forever. So with worry, I think what you realize, need to realize is, first off, we control about next to nothing. <laughs> and giving up that one is a huge one. When you realize that you don't control elections, you don't control climate, you don't control all of these things that you hope you do control, that is key number one, a numero uno. Just let go of that stuff. And when you, when you harmonize with things that happen, when you accept things as they are, you want to find the key to happiness, that's it. Just don't let things that happen bother you and realize that 99.9% .9 of the things that do happen 
are way beyond your control. And when you correlate those two together, the only logical assumption of anyone's life is worrying is a complete and utter waste of time. So the minute you start to do it, realize you're doing it, and then just stop and, and focus on, on the moment, focus on, on something good. And so with your worry list, you, you wrote down, what, eight, eight of the things that really worry you, and then you sort of went through that process. Talk us, talk us through that, that process, please. I definitely did that. When, when I came home from the Camino, I thought, okay, I'm in Blissville. I'm on this trail. I'm loving life, and everything's perfect, and I, I didn't seem to worry about things. Then I came home, and, and I thought, well, how am I going to translate that life to being here? So I literally, over, uh, many, over several days, I wrote down my main worries in life. I mean, what are the biggies? And I would encourage everybody to do that. Get a pad and pencil and write them down. And then when you really start to study those things and you really look at them, try to determine how many that if you put a thousand percent of your time and energy into that one item, can you move the needle a nanometer? And the answer for me of the eight I had on there was absolutely not. Uh, so I just crossed them off the list and said, why am I worrying about those? I mean, the most common one is death. I mean, I think a lot of people were, what's going to happen when I die? How am I going to die? When am I going to die? <laughs> what a complete and utter waste of time that is. <laughs> how about, how about if you put your time and energy into saying, maybe if I ate a little bit better diet, I would probably improve my longevity. Maybe if I got my large rear end off of a couch and started to do something that was physically oriented, maybe my blood pressure would come down. Those are things you control. The date that you're going to meet your maker, good luck figuring out when that one is. Yeah, it's an interesting one. That, you know, so many people are obsessed with how they die, yet don't really think about, well, how can I actually make the most of how I'm living? Yeah, what you, uh, what you have. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and what you have, again, is the moment. You have nothing more. <laughs> you, you can't be happy tomorrow. You can't be happy yesterday. But you can certainly be happy right now, right at this time. You've had you, your issues and your demons over the journey, and you've battled with addiction, alcohol addiction primarily. And uh, I remember you talking about you know, the wasted days of drinking. I often talk with the people that I coach about no matter how hard they work, or how much they save or they accumulate, the one thing they can never buy back is the time they've already spent. Absolutely correct. And, and you realize, again, as far as looking in the rearview mirror, that time is gone. What you have is what is right in front of you. <laughs> you, you, you can't get back that time that's already gone for, for certain. And I definitely have demons in my life. Everybody has demons in their life. And uh, I, was, uh, I was alcoholic for a long time. Uh, my father was alcoholic. His father was alcoholic. And it was, uh, it was just bad. I, I, I thought in high school, you know, I drank some beer and wasn't that big a deal. And, and then I, I realized that I was just getting, you know, I was functional, uh, but I was, I was drinking way, way too much. And my father died in 2001 of alcoholism, and I just looked at him in this little bed. He's in a hospital, and he's, he's yellow because his liver can't process anything. And I just looked at him and said, there's no way I'm checking out of this world in that manner. And uh, I never looked back. I, I never even – I don't have any desire. Um, I just realized some people can drink and some can. I just I stopped right there cold turkey. Um, never, ever looked back. And 
Yeah, I, I I think really that was a that was a rebirth for me for sure. That that opened my eyes and and gave me a lot of clarity and and man, the path I'm on right now, I, I just couldn't be happier. Um, I travel, I meet people, I try to help people in any manner I possibly can. And you know, this is a weird comment that you know politically our world's all messed up and everybody hates everybody and there's all these you know this dissension and trouble and trouble here and there. And I think, again, you know, a lot of people, they want to solve all these problems. They have really very little control over. Um, you know, I want to stop. Uh, I want to stop hunger in Africa. I want to I want to to eradicate poverty from the world. Well, good luck with that. And I'm not saying those aren't noble goals. Those are very noble goals. But how about starting in your backyard? How about helping your neighbor? How about being a little kinder to your family? How about being a little kinder to your lover? How about, most importantly, being a lot kinder to yourself? How about helping out within your local community? Because if we all start that compassionate sharing and caring at a local level, it will beam out. So so try to be nice to everybody whose path you cross every single day, and, and then you'll find some magic in your life. Uh, but if you want to hang yourself because you can't solve a problem that's three continents away and is, is so difficult to solve, well, you're going to have a miserable life. Um, again, take care of those closest to you and, and help them. And if you can then help people further away, do that too. But uh, start in your backyard. The sentiment echoed by Gandhi when he said, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. The most important bit is being kind to yourself because nobody can beat you up the way you can beat yourself up in my experience. Take the conversations you have in your mind and pretend, pretend that, that your mind is a roommate. Would you ever put up with that kind of crap from any roommate ever? And the answer is no way. You would kick them out immediately. You'd probably murder them. Um, and, and, and just kind of walk through that and, and be kinder to yourself. Be gentler to yourself. Uh, I think we're all so hard on ourselves and we, we judge ourselves and we compare and uh, just give yourself some slack. Um, treat yourself like you would like um, to be treated by others and you'll also find a, a beautiful way to be. Um, beat yourself up and you'll just, it's not good. It's a dead end street, that one, that's for sure. We were talking earlier on um, <laughs> pre-interview about losing the, uh, the concept of judgment and uh, I mentioned fact that you know there are certain people who may be seen as Camino snobs if, if you don't do a, a certain section of the Camino in its entirety according to to their value system then you know you're, you're sort of down the totem pole so to speak and uh, and it's just a wonderful a wonderfully liberating thing to let go of judgment for a start it just frees up your mind and your soul to to actually just see the goodness in people as opposed to instantly reverting to well you know they're not as good as me because of blah Oh, judgment is just, and you, you, you again really brought it close to home on the Camino. As we both know, a lot of people walk the last 100 kilometers from Saria to Santiago, and it gets a little more crowded, and some of the people that started it at the traditional beginning, which would be St. John, uh, they, they say, oh my gosh, my Camino's full of all these pilgrims, who are these people? And, you know, it's like, who who said it was your trail? And and why, how about showing some compassion to these people? They're probably scared to death. 
they haven't walked anywhere. They haven't done anything. They just got in the night before, and all of a sudden, you know, they got all these, you know, the hell angels are running by them, and <laughs> and they're they're trying to figure out how to walk. And uh, yeah, the the whole judgment thing is just absolutely wrong. I mean, you know, you can say, wow, you know, here's a here's a billionaire that donated a million dollars to some cause, and you can go, wow, that sounds really good. And you you judge them. You say that's a good thing. Well, how about the guy that has five dollars and gives four away? Um, that to me is the true hero. And it would be so easy to to say, "Oh, look at that guy. He only gave four dollars." Well, you're judging. <laughs> you, you don't know everybody's circumstances. So if you just accept people for what they are, how they are, which is again the beauty of the Camino, you you become a family all walking each other home and you help people, and you show compassion, and you become a community. You don't judge. You don't, you know, it's just, it's a good way to live life. Um, if you can have a, a big goal of getting rid of that, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, I'm, I'm going to drift here a little bit, but I was on a bike ride one time, and it was, a, it was a, over a week period, we rode 400 miles. So it's not a casual ride. It's quite aggressive. There was a woman on that on that ride who was 85 years old, and she rode 100% of those miles. And I met her early in the week, and, and I was just astounded. I was amazed at this human being. And I said, I want you to do me a favor. I want you at the end of the week to give me one word of wisdom that you have gained in your lifetime that will improve my life. And she said, game on, young man. And so we kind of joked about it. I'd see her at dinner. I'd say, do you have it? And she'd say, yes, I do. And, and we waited and kind of played this game. And at the end of the week, she came up and she threw her arms around me. And she said, get rid of hate in any form in your life. Just let it go. If somebody has wronged you, if somebody has cheated on you, um, if you don't like a political party, just get rid of it. It's, it's destructive. And I think that to me, that judgment and hate can come together. And uh, so if, if you want to be happy, just uh, uh, get rid of those things in life and, and you'll be much, much, much better off. Yeah, judgment and hate go hand in hand. They're strange bedfellows. And why would you want to share a bed with something that doesn't really give you anything? It's, 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 my, it's my opinion anyway. So you talk about gratitude quite a lot and dissolving worry. And when you are able to dissolve worry, that's where you find true happiness i'm assuming the camino helped give you the tools to to dissolve that that worry or maybe you had the tools all along well uh, maybe you know th that's a really interesting concept there maybe the maybe the light you kind of shine on your own life during that walk maybe you kind of wear down uh into uh maybe maybe you wear through some layers you didn't even know you had but yeah you know w w just your whole perspective changes I mean, you know, when you're sleeping in a bunk bed <laughs> and, and you, you it, before the trip, you say, oh, my gosh, I can't sleep in a bunk bed. How, how could I ever do that? I've never done it. And about a third of the way through the trip, you, you end up in a room where there's only two beds in one room, and you think you, you, you've hit the lottery, man. It's, it's <laughs> like, wow. And that whole idea of shifting perspective and – having gratitude and being grateful for things 
it uh, it just improves your it improves your world. It improves your world. It improves your 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 well being and improves the lives of all those you encounter. Um, so be thankful for what you have and uh, don't waste any time worrying about what you don't have. Uh, it's it's just not going to happen. I, I was recently in India. And one of my favorite yoga teachers, that was one of his greatest lines. He says, the universe will always give you what you need. It will not give you everything you want, but it will always give you what you need, starting with your breath. And when was the last time you really sat down and appreciated the fact that you breathe? <laughs> and when was the last time you really sat down and said, I'm alive? <laughs> uh, those, are, those are immaculate and amazing things. And... You know, if you start focusing on those as opposed to I don't have a Rolls Royce or I don't have big muscles or whatever the thing that that you're not going to have, um, man, (laughs) realizing what you have will uh, overwhelm you. You've you've spoken a lot about what you've gained on the Camino. Um, So what did you lose when you were there? Um, I lost my ability to worry. <laughs> I lost my ability to not have gratitude. I lost, uh, I lost quite a bit of weight. Um, that was a nice thing. And I just, I would say I really realized we all have what we need. If you really want the key to happiness, just take your eyes off yourself. <laughs> and the minute that you start to focus on other people and you spend your life becoming a person that gives, a person that cheers up other people, a person that does stuff for other people, and you you just eradicate the word I from your life, oh my gosh, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. So for the benefit of our listeners as a takeaway, what are, what are three ways, Kurt, that you live your Camino in your everyday life? First off, I'm always going to look at what can I do to get outside of my comfort zone because I know that if I'm not standing on the edge, I'm not growing. So that is A, number one. B, number two, the whole concept of gratitude. Um, Again, when you look at the ledger of what you do have versus what you don't have, and you you really are grateful for what you have, um, uh, that's a huge lesson, and I, I definitely learned that one on the Camino. And the, 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 probably the final one is being in the moment. Um, you, you can't affect what may happen tomorrow. You certainly can't change what happened yesterday. So maybe learn from yesterday. Uh, but, but other than that, be present wherever you are all the time. Um, and just don't let your mind suck you into these, these, these whirlpools of, of, of worry that are things that haven't yet happened. Um, it's just a ridiculous concept. Wise words indeed. Kurt, I could probably sit here all day and talk to you, but we are sort of running out of time, so we're going to wrap it up. And as per usual, I want to thank you from uh, the bottom of my heart for allowing myself to, to take up this privileged space in your day. And I'm sure our listeners will be thinking the same. So once again, thank you so much and buen camino. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be your guest, and um, I can't believe the time has already gone. And uh, like you said, I think I could talk to you for days. And and I have a feeling that that offline we will do that. So uh, uh, thank you so much. It's been a joy and a pleasure. And uh, any way I can help you out, let me know. I think we will indeed. You take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
If you'd like to know more about what Kurt is up to, then please head to his website, kurtkunz.com. Kurt and Kunz are both with a K.